So it's not that we're doing patch jobs. We're not fixing this little symptom, the ears back. We're not fixing the bite. We're not fixing the kick out. We're not fixing the head roll. We're not fixing the sluggish movement. We're not fixing uh, rearing. We're not fixing bucking. We're fixing the very, very root cause. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine Podcast. We are recording this in my car during my commutes to and from my work, so the audio may not be super clear, and also my daughter is with me in the car, so you may hear her little comments throughout the podcast. But otherwise, hopefully you can enjoy this podcast and we can discuss all sorts of interesting topics that have to do with making a positive impact on your relationship with your horse. I was in the middle of training with my filly, River, in the middle of a session with her. We were practicing. Um, I wanted, her, I had her lined up in between two ground poles that were slightly elevated. We were practicing following a hand target. So she's. we've been working on her targeting the side of her face to a closed fist and then following that hand target into position. So I wanted her to follow it backwards into a backup step. And she was in the poles on the ground were supposed to help keep her straight. We were working on this and I had my working student with me and everything was not going smoothly. (laughs) We River was expressing some frustration with me. She was offering all kinds of other behaviors. Um, Even at one point, I was getting some sort of uh, like school halt where the foreleg is partially lifted and like there's a slight rock back. And I was like, man, I should take this opportunity to shape that behavior, but I didn't want to confuse her. So I didn't do that. And anyway, we got through it. I, I got like a partial step back and I decided to end the session and walk out of the training area. And, um, I was the working student and I were passing, you know, talking back and forth about what was happening, what had happened, why River was displaying frustration behaviors, like putting her ears back, um, walking away in or like constantly offering other behaviors Uh, and uh, even at one point she was mouthing my hand like trying to express to me like okay like I'm doing it what what do you want person and anyway so we left the training area and we were standing there talking and bouncing the you know the kind of what had happened and she was asking questions and I was asking myself questions and and answering her questions and we were talking about what had been going on during the training session and and I said you know at the end of the day so the you know I can I can have a session like that I can have something where the horse is frustrated I'm you know like what is going on why aren't we getting this what's happening and I can walk out of a session like that. So let's say, you know, first, first step is to leave, walk away from the session, like just end it, find, you know, take a deep breath, leave some food into the pan and give your end of session cue and walk out of the training session to get a, to take a breath and process what's happening. So I did that step. Then, you know, the, um, after I left and we were standing outside of it, I told her, I turned to my working student and I was like, I could take that session in two ways. I could 
view that training session two different ways. I could talk about it in two different ways and I could resolve it in two different ways. The first way would be to say, you know, River is easily frustrated. She's impatient. She loses her temper. Um, she, you know, has short attention span. She's a baby. She doesn't know better. And that she was just being irritable and sassy and difficult. Or I could say, I could have been a better trainer. I could have done better. I could have set that horse up for success so that she didn't feel the need to display all of those behaviors so that she could be successful in her attempts and not even feel those emotions of uh, frustration and stress and in confusion and conflict. I could have done better. So I could have either blamed her and used all those labels and all those descriptions to excuse the behavior or not even to excuse it, but to, well, sometimes it actually is, those terms are being used to excuse behavior. So people will say, you know, she's just a baby or she doesn't know any better, things like that, you know, just let it go, let it, let it slide. And, and so that is excusing behavior, but sometimes it's, it's a justified excusal because honestly, River doesn't know a lot of things. She's only two going on three and, you know, I've had limited time to work with her just because of my crazy life. And so there's a lot that she doesn't know. So it's not necessarily... It shouldn't be used as an excuse, but as information. Information that plays into the training protocol. So we'll take this information of the horse acting this way or that way. So their observable behavior, what it is that they're doing, putting their ears back, rolling their head, all these different behaviors that might be viewed as being frustration behaviors. We can take those as information back to about our training saying okay the horse is doing x y or z that could mean this or that so it's information that is helpful to the training but it is not a label or something that just is is what it is that the horse just does this or that because that's how they are anyway that's getting off topic a little bit so those labels and that those things i was saying about her that she's just easily frustrated and she gets you know um, she acts out or lashes out or she has temper issues or she's a mare or, you know, oh, them mares. Like those are all, those are all ways that we try and explain behavior without actually identifying the source and without actually working on improving the source of the behavior. So instead of focusing on just the end result, that behavior that just is, and just saying it is what it is, instead of just going with that dismissive response to the behavior or uh, punishing her for them, I have a second option, which is to improve my training and to be a better trainer so that she doesn't have to be that way, so that she doesn't act that way. I can completely eliminate this behavior, these behaviors that I don't want, that I don't like, without blaming her, without putting all this responsibility on her to change by putting it on myself and changing myself. So we have option A, which is to say the horse is acting this or that way because that's how they are, that's what they're doing, and we blame them, and we have to resort to punishing the behavior or 
using some sort of aversives, even negative reinforcement and such to modify the behavior. We, we push and pull and, and, and punish and, and pressure the horse into acting a certain way and we to fit a mold that we want them to fit into. So we see that the horse is frustrated, that they're acting out in a certain way, and we say, we don't like that, bad horse, <laughs> you know, you're easily frustrated, you shouldn't be like that. I am going to punish you for, uh, for putting, you know, for biting at me. Let's say the horse bit at you because they were frustrated. So you could go that route. You could even use positive reinforcement to forcibly manipulate behavior. So you could say, I don't know why you're putting your ears back all the time and you're acting frustrated. So I'm just going to click only when you have your ears forward. So you're going to shape the outward picture of what it is you're looking for and you're going to still focus on the horse and what they're doing and the end result you're going to focus on how the horse is acting and fixing that or option b which is finding the source of why the horse is acting that way that you don't like so we have in option b the possibility of sources is just endless it could be the training like it was in my situation it could be pain related it could be uh, food anxiety related it could be I don't know it could be all kinds of there's different possible reasons but by finding the reason for the behavior by modifying ourselves modifying the environment modifying our expectations all these things we stop putting all the blame on the horse to be the way we want them to be we stop focusing on labeling them on blaming them for acting this or that way we we don't need to excuse behavior anymore we can find solutions to everything that it is we want if we want the horse to be happy instead of it just being this i don't know why my horse is unhappy and and i'm going to if they act danger you know act unhappy i'm going to punish them for it or too bad horse you're just going to have to keep working and i'm going to push you through this until you give up and and just deal with it instead of all that where you can stop and say all right something's not working what's not working and we can go find what it is that's not working and we can change the emotional balance in the horse we can change the core response from the horse so it's not that we're doing patch jobs we're not fixing this little symptom the ears back we're not fixing the bite we're not fixing the kick out we're not fixing the head roll we're not fixing the sluggish movement we're not fixing uh, rearing we're not fixing bucking we're fixing the very very root cause of why all of those things are happening so we fix it all at the same time by going all the way back to the beginning and I shouldn't even say that we were trying to fix bucking or rearing or biting or all these we were just suppressing them we were just temporarily patching them over we were putting a band-aid on it so we're continuing doing what we're doing but we're going to put a band-aid on it so that the horse puts its ears forward more often or we're putting a band-aid on it so that the horse stops bucking under saddle for the most part but when we put band-aids on things that need surgery (laughs) you're not really fixing the problem you're just kind of making it look better and you're making it work temporarily but you're it's going to have fallout somewhere else it's like trying to squeeze those those uh balloons filled with gel i'm trying to think of what they're actually filled with but when you squeeze one side of it it kind of squishes out the other side i don't know if this is a good example but if you have your horse and it's that squishy ball 
and you squeeze one side of it to try and fix this one problem over here, something else is going to just shoot out the other side. Like it's going to squirt out the other side or, um, or bulge out the other side. That's the better word. <laughs> this is a terrible analogy. But hopefully that makes sense. So we're trying to repair one section or put a band-aid on something or make something look better when there's a deep down cause to the behavior, when there's a deep down reason that the horse is acting in said way. So the patch jobs, the bandaging, the fixing this little behavior, that little behavior, or using labels and saying a horse, that it's just a mare, like, let's just deal with it. Or um, that's just how she is. Um, or she's young and she doesn't know better. All of these are different versions of patchwork of just kind of trying to patch up symptoms, symptoms of a root problem that we need to fix. Which brings me back to my original point on this, or I should say the original example I was using, and that was with working with my Philly River today. So like I said, we had a less than spectacular training session. We were both getting a little bit, I actually wasn't personally feeling too frustrated. I was just a little bit confused as to why she was so frustrated. And so I backed out of the training session and I had a little discussion with my training student and we were thinking and I, you know, like I said, I told her, I said, I have one option, which is to say she's grumpy today, um, that she is if you know, young, she's in impulsive, she's easily frustrated all issues of mare, uh, all these different things, these reasons I could come up with, or I could say, let's find the root cause. And in this particular situation, it was my training. So let's address the way I'm training. Let's address, let, I'm going to change myself to make this situation successful for her. And by changing myself, by changing the expectations, by changing the criteria, by by breaking down the expectations of the training session. So instead of trying to do all of these different behaviors at one time that she clearly didn't know well enough without getting frustrated and confused, I could break them down into individual pieces and then slice those down really, really small. So if I wanted her to stand between these two ground poles, let's just do that. Like forget about the backup, forget about targeting my hand. Let's just slice that by itself. Can you stand here between these two ground poles square or not even square? Just can you stand between these two ground poles? Can you even walk between them? And then can you stand between them? Fantastic. Click reward, you know, work on that for a little bit. And then we can say, okay, now let's take that away. Let's not work on that. And let's do the second part of this behavior, which is the can you um, target my hand, my hand with the side of your face? Okay, you know, left side, we got right side. Can you follow it over here? Can you follow it over there? Can you follow it forward? Can you follow it backwards? Okay, fantastic. You've got that part down. Now we've got the third part, which is the backup. I need to teach that separate so that he, she knows how to under, she knows how to back up on her own. And then I can put it on cue, which could be the following the hand target. Then we add it all to together later, which would be where I originally started with this training session, which was a huge lumping session, basically, where I added all of these three things together too quickly without refined enough criteria, without 
breaking them out into individual pieces and teaching them individually and then trying to put them together. I just expected her to understand what it is I wanted and just throw all this stuff together that she barely knew all at the same time. And of course she got frustrated. Of course she was acting, you know, irritated and and all these things that I was like, why are you acting this way? Because I had failed as a trainer. I had not set up my criteria correctly. I had not done proper uh, preparation for the behavior that I was looking for. I had not prepared her for the task that I asked of her. So you can see how all of those labels were completely useless in this situation and didn't help the training situation at all. There was no, they would have not offered a solution. They would have been just excuses and uh, blaming her for my mistake, which in my mistake was the source of the behavior. To tie this all up, I guess really my main point is for this long tangent I feel like I went on, was to encourage whoever's listening to this podcast to not blame the horse, to not use labels and dismissive statements and band-aids and patchwork on their training, including forms of positive reinforcement clicker training, patchwork, like teaching happy face, which I'm not against. I'm not opposed to that, especially if you have accidentally reinforced ears back during a certain behavior. Sometimes it's necessary to focus on teaching ears forward during a behavior just because we have to show the horse that it is okay for them to put their ears back. The behavior is not contingent on them having their ears back. I think I just flipped that around, but ears forward, you want ears forward. So you're going to have to start reinforcing ears forward because we have accidentally put ears back into the behavior. And so the horse thinks that they have to, you know, do the behavior plus have the ears back. So sometimes that does happen. And I am not against teaching ears forward and happy face when it's done in that way or like I've done with um, a lot of people, which is go back in your training, go back, 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 back until your horse can have their ears forward. Because what that means is that the horse was, is clearly consistently expressing frustration in the training. And that's why the ears are always back. So yes, we're looking for happy face. Yes, we're looking to reinforce happy face. But the requirement is, is that you take the training criteria so far back that the horse does it because it's finally hit the spot in the training where it's comfortable and happy again. Anyway, so the, I encourage people not to just rely on forms of patchwork training where we're trying to mold this horse to look like the picture we want and using dismissive statements and labels and blaming the horse. And instead look at your training look at your skill level, look at whether or not you need help from another, from an outside source. It doesn't even have to be a, so to say professional, but somebody who's skilled in the type of training you're doing may be able to just lend a helpful second opinion. Just watch you guys train and be like, Hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? What do you think about this? I find that to be incredibly useful in my training to have somebody watch and see what's going on or to video the training session. Or maybe it's not the training. Maybe it's another source. Maybe there's pain happening. Maybe, um, oh, another prime example. I said I was wrapping this up, but I'm going to give you another example, (laughs) which is 
I've been struggling recently with one of my other mares, um, who she's been displaying some conflict during training sessions. So she's had her ears to the side and a little bit acting, um, uncertain or a little bit reluctant or I don't even know how to explain it, but I could just tell that something wasn't quite right. And I thought maybe it was the training. Maybe it was what I was doing. Come to find out it's been hard for her to chew the hay pellets that I've been using for training. She has been, she is such a, a food motivated horse that she wasn't willing to stop the training. She wasn't willing to decline the training for the, um, because she still wanted to earn the food rewards. She's very excited about training. I mean, that horse, she just loves, she's so smart and so engaged. And she has other food sources available. I'm not holding the only food source. She's got a hay, a pile of hay nearby. She's got um, all kinds of things. So I'm not, this is not a restricted resource situation, but she loves to engage in the training. And she, But she was having a hard time chewing the reinforcers I was using. Because we come to find out she has fractured molars. So in the last session or two, while we're waiting for her dental appointment, I have been using soaked hay pellets so that it's soft so she doesn't have to chew it. And her attitude has improved dramatically. So again, going back and finding that source, I could have sat there and tried to focus on teaching her happy ears all day long or corrected her for being irritated or gotten frustrated with her. But there was a reason. I mean, all of that would have just done some patch jobs. Like she, yeah, sure. She, I probably could have gotten her ears forward for a couple of repetitions, but that didn't fix the problem. The problem was that she had fractured molars. So I really encourage people to seek out the source of the behavior, to not use labels, to not blame the horse, to not do patchwork and to take the responsibility on themselves for a less than spectacular training session to not focus on, well, today was just a crummy day and the horse was in a bad mood, but instead to say, okay, that didn't go fantastic. Why? What was I doing? What was I doing? Or was there something else that was going on that impacted the training in that way? And what can I do to make it better in the future and help the horse to be more successful and to enjoy the training more? Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com, and I have links to my social media accounts like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And I also have a really extensive blog as well as resources on there like books and other podcasts and websites that you can check out to find out more information. And probably one of the best resources I have on my website is my FAQ page, which is under the training drop-down menu. And Check that out because if you have any questions about how I train or positive reinforcement training in general for horses, the answer is probably there. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I would love to hear any feedback you have. Perhaps leave a comment or email me. Um, If you have any suggestions for future topics, please send those my way and I look forward to talking with you in the future.